Welcome back, everyone, and thank you for joining us for today's podcast from Dublin First Baptist Church in Dublin, North Carolina. We hope you'll be encouraged today as you listen to our message. For more information, please visit our website at www.dublinfbc.org. That's www.dublinfbc.org. Now let's join the congregation of Dublin First Baptist as we listen to the preaching of God's Word. Now this morning I'm going to finish the message that I started. It was floating around in the cloud. And uh, I'm going to finish Luke chapter 5 this morning. Let's have prayer, please. Father, we bow before you with gratitude in our hearts, thanking you for your unconditional, endless love, for grace that is abundant, available, and adequate, for mercy and the forgiveness of sin. There's so much that we do not understand of the greatness of God. But the portion that we understand, that we have been redeemed by the precious blood of the Lord Jesus, that we are children of God by faith through repentance. For that we are grateful. We gather together in this place this morning having sung songs that minister to our hearts. We're grateful, our Father, that we can open your word, that by the Spirit of God you speak to us. I thank you this morning for Dublin First Baptist Church, for the joy that has been mine to be in this place to stand in this pulpit and to seek to share your word. And now, Father, as the pastor comes next Sunday, I ask that there might be a holy anointing upon this place, that God the Holy Spirit would move mightily that the place would be shaken, that souls would come to know Jesus, that disciples would be made, that the hand of God would rest upon him and his wife, and that this fellowship would grow numerically and spiritually for the praise, honor, and glory of God. And Father, in these moments, I ask that your Spirit would grant his fullness, his illumination, his enlightenment, his unction, that I might be able to declare your word in a manner that pleases you. May there be no parading of the flesh, but a praising of the Father. 
And may all that brings glory to you transpire. And now I pray that the words of my mouth, the meditations of my heart, might be acceptable in your sight. O Lord, my strength and my Redeemer, in Jesus' name, amen. Luke chapter 5. And so it was, as the multitude pressed about him, I was rereading this this morning. I read it often before I preach the text. But the next two words just jump from the page. And so it was as the multitude pressed about him to hear the word of God. Do you get that? The multitude pressed about him, not for a miracle, not for food, not because they're curious, but the multitude is pressing about him to hear the word of God. Was there ever a time in your life when you hungered more for the Word than you do now? Was there ever a time when you sat with the Word of God and you feasted? When you just come to the Word and the Word just fed your soul? If there was a time, and you knew that time, you ought to have a longing in your heart for that time. And if there's never been that time, then you ought to ask God for that time. They pressed upon him to hear the word of God. That just... That just burns in my spirit. And this morning I just said, Oh God, oh God, stir my soul with a greater desire for the Word, to hear the Word by the Spirit of God stirred in me. pressed upon him to hear the word of God, and he stood by the lake of Gennesaret and saw two boats standing by the lake. But the fishermen had gone from them and were washing their nets. And he got into one of them, one of the boats, which belonged to Simon, and asked him to put forth a little from the land. And he sat down and taught the multitude from the boat. Now listen to me, folks. These people are pressing upon him to hear the word of God, right? He gets in a boat, Simon's, pushes out a little from the land, and what does he do? 
He shares with them the Word. They came to hear the Word. He shares the Word. Now, I have, I have come to the conclusion here at Dublin. When you gather here, you come to hear the Word. Right? That's why you come. You come to hear the Word. Jesus shared with them the Word. Oh, well, this now I'm going to get back to the text. Huh. Sometimes it just, the Word just burns in my spirit. And when he had stopped speaking, he said to Simon, Launch out into the deep and let down your nets for a catch. But Simon answered and said unto him, Sir, Master, we have toiled all night and caught nothing. Nevertheless, at your word, I'll let down the net. And when they had done this, they caught a great number of fish, and their net was breaking. And they signaled to their partners in the other boat to come and help them. And they came and filled both the boats so that they began to sink. When Simon Peter saw it, he fell down at Jesus' knee, saying, Depart from me, for I am a sinful man, O Lord. For he and all, the, all who were with him were astonished at the catch of fish they had taken. And so also were James and John, the sons of Zebedee, who were partners with Simon. And Jesus said to Simon, Do not be afraid. From now on you will catch men. So when they had brought their boats to land, they forsook all and followed him. Now we started looking at this text and we looked at, the first thought was the challenge to launch out. And that was in verse 4 and 5 and verse 10. The challenge to launch out, I looked at, we looked at the reason in verse 4 and verse 10. And the reason was in verse 4 for a catch of fish. That was their livelihood. Nothing wrong with them launching out to catch fish. But the deeper reason was in verse 10, from hereafter you're going to catch men. But if they had failed for the lesser reason of catching fish, then they would not have had the privilege of being engaged in catching men. And then we looked at the response. Simon says to Jesus, we are experts in the field. By the way, you know what an expert is? It's a former spurt. <laughs> Simon says, we are men of the sea. We have toiled all night. We have nothing to show for it. However, 
if you insist, we're going to let down the net. We're going to do it with some reluctance. You say let down the nets, we're going to let down the net. And they do. Now that brings us to where we are this morning. That is the second thought, and that is the consequences of launching out. Verses 6 through 9. For every action... There's a consequence. You know, we have teaching moments along the way. Some of you will know this when you have grandchildren, or you'll, um, I'm looking at the wrong crowd to say that, aren't I? You're like me, your grandchildren are already grown. But, you know, you have those moments when you're able to say something. Uh, one of my grandchildren, I had the opportunity with him when he was 14, 15, 16 years old just to be able to have a moment with him when you could say something. And it was the fact that all our choices have consequences. Our actions have consequences. And if I never got anything else across to him, he finally got that, that all that we do, that there's consequences have actions. So... I want us to look now at the consequences of launching out. Now, some of the consequences are immediate. Some of them are delayed. Some seem to come immediately. As soon as you and I do something, it seems as if the consequence comes. But some of them are delayed. There are three consequences that I want us to look at. First of all, in verse 6, consequence. Compliance is rewarded. Verse 6. And when they had done this, what? When they had done this, let down the net. When they had complied. And when they had done this. They caught a great number of fish. Understand this. Their blessing was in proportion to their compliance. Is that right? Absolutely. The blessing is in proportion to their compliance. This is not a test of their faith. or of their, of anything else. This is a test of obedience. Understand this morning that in the Garden of Eden, there was obedience and disobedience. Right? Man chose to disobey. And the only way that man can walk in harmony with God today is by obeying the Lord. Now we can do a lot of things, but there's only one thing that will enable us to walk in harmony with Him, and that is by obeying Him. 
compliance is rewarded. And when they had this done, they enclosed a great multitude of fish so that their net began to break. Here it is. The Lord blessed them as much as was possible to bless them. Their net began to break. He could not bless them anymore. Sometimes I think, folks, we pray, Lord, bless me. Did you ever pray that? Don't sit there and look spiritual. We've all, we've all asked for the Lord's blessing. And I'm not saying there's anything wrong with that. But here it is. I think we ought to be praying that the Lord would enable us to be a blessing. Lord, enable me to be a blessing first to you and to your kingdom, and then secondly to others. Compliance is rewarded. But you and I can try to do anything else under the sun... But there's no way that we're going to be blessed to be a blessing apart from complying. The second thing, cooperation is received. Look at verse 7. Now verse 6 closes by saying that their nets is breaking. So what do they do? They beckon to their partners in the ship to come and help them. What were their choices? Well, they had a couple that could go down with the ship and lose the fish. Now, if they'd been, like some people I know, stubborn and selfish, that's what they would have done. Well, they said, no, this is mine. And they'd gone down with it, gone down with it, lost the fish, lost the boat. Or they could have tried to cull the fish as they came in. This one's too little. This one doesn't. Don't like that kind. They could have tried to do that. But what did they do? They asked their partners to come. And what happens then? Both boats are full. You see, the Lord continues to bless. Cooperation. It's not a dirty word. Not a, not a dirty word. Cooperation means that uh, I am more interested in building the kingdom than I am in my own empire. That's why I am a Southern Baptist, one of the reasons. One of the reasons I am a Southern Baptist, I am thrilled to be a part of something bigger than I am. I am. This was a bigger task than they could handle. Folks, we can do more together than we can by ourselves. You know that? We can. They could do more together. How many shoe boxes do you think one church can do? Now, y'all do about 1,200. But suppose that's all you got. 1,200. How long would it take? How long would it take 
to get to some of these countries. Do you see what I'm talking about? We can do together what we could never do by ourselves. Cooperation doesn't mean sameness. It means that we cooperate together as the Spirit of God leads us by the Scriptures to accomplish the purpose of the Savior as it is revealed in the Scripture. That's what it means. We're cooperating together for the cause of Christ to reach the lost and make disciples. These fellows cooperated together. That's what we're called to do. Cooperate. And you especially, now I'm going to go out on a limb here and tell you, you especially the next year cooperate with a new pastor. Give him a little leeway, okay? Deacons, are you listening? Church, are you listening? Give him a little leeway. It used to be called a honeymoon period, but I mean, but he's been here, so <laughs> you don't get a honeymoon period. But give him, <laughs> give him a little time to get adjusted. Okay? Look this way and smile or something or throw a rock. I mean, I'm not going to get through this time. Yes, I am too. I took too much time on the front end, but that's just burning in my spirit this morning. Uh, the third thing, the third consequence is a confession. A confession is rendered. In verse 8 and 9, when Simon Peter saw it, he fell down at Jesus' knee, saying, Depart from me, for I am a sinful man, O Lord. A confession is rendered. Simon is growing in his understanding of who Jesus is. Initially, he'd called him Sir. Now he's growing in his understanding and he calls him Lord. But notice when he sees this, he's at Jesus' knee in surrender. Our service is only as effective as our surrender. And his plea is, rather than, Lord, come stay with me, it is depart from me, for I am a sinful man. The closer you and I are to the heart of God, the more, the more sensitive we are to sin. And especially our own sin. And if you run around and you're picking the sin of others, it's a pretty good indication you're blind to your own. Now, I have my own issues. I do. And you have yours. But if all you see are mine, There's probably trouble with your own eye. All of us have our issues. 
I was praying about that on the way down here this morning. Lord, help me to be clean. I want to be holy. But here's the issue, folks. The closer I get to the Lord, the more I see that needs to be emptied. Does that make sense? The closer I try to draw to Him, the more I see that needs emptied, the more self I see. And that's what Peter's saying here. Lord, depart from me. I recognize that I still have a bent towards sinfulness. And so do you and so do I. The third thing. There is the challenge to launch out. There's a consequence of launching out. And then thirdly, there is the continuance of launching out in verse 11. You see, this didn't stop when they reached shore. Which says to me that it was not merely an emotional decision. Now, emotional decisions usually last about three days. That's how long emotional things last. About three days. And then they begin to taper off. But this decision is continual, and it's two things about it. First of all, it is forsaking. Look at verse 11. So when they had brought their boat to land, they forsook all. I like those words, as soon as. No delay, no debate, as soon as. They forsook. Now that's easy to say, but that's extremely difficult. That takes a decisive, deliberate decision. I think simply what that means is this. Everything and everybody else is second to Jesus. And not many of us like being in the second chair. I mean, we really don't. Now, you think about what I just said. Not many of us really like being in the second chair. But that's what it means. And when they had forsook all, that is, that is probably one of the hardest things in the text. And then the second thing in the continuance is the following. They forsook all and followed him. It does no good to forsake if we don't follow. There's no lagging. There's no loafing. They're following him as if this is the absolute most important thing in life, following Him. How important is following Him to you and me? Jesus says to us, launch out. Get out of the shallow water. Launch out into the deep. 
there's risk involved. Things are out of our control. But that's where the Lord calls us. Launch out. We're going to sing in a moment, wherever he leads I'll go. That's easy to say too. You know, words are easy. It's the action. It's the meaning. And they forsook all as soon as they got to shore. And followed him. Father, grant unto us hearts with a desire to be so in tune with you that wherever you lead, we're willing to go. That whatever you say, we're willing to do. Guide us by your Spirit.